Sports Syndicate. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Boston Sports Syndicate Red Sox podcast to be named later. This is the Syndicate's podcast dedicated solely to the Boston Red Sox and Major League Baseball. I'm Bill Travers. Thank you for joining us. We are back with a special second episode this week to talk about Red Sox opening week and uh, all the other happenings around Major League Baseball. And joining me, as always, Matt DeRosha. How's it going, Matt? It's pretty good. Uh, you know, the Red Sox have made me feel better in the past uh, than they are now, but, you know, I'm pretty good. And also joining me, the great bloggino, Chris Henrik. Chris, how you doing? Guys, I'm good. Excited for a uh, for another little bonus show. Excited for the bonus show. Right, so full disclosure, if you listened to our episode earlier this week, we recorded this one right after that. So, uh... We don't know what happened uh, with the Red Sox play the rest of the week. We're hoping it was good. Uh, all signs are not pointing that way as we stand right now. Uh, and we're hoping baseball is still playing after some coronavirus outbreaks. So we're going to take a step back and, and talk about some of the bigger issues that happened uh, in baseball over the first week. And I want to start with the announcement of the new playoff format, which was dropped right before uh, opening day started on uh, was it Wednesday, uh, Thursday night with uh, the Yankees and Nationals and the Dodgers and the Giants opening up first. So under the new format, uh, they expanded the playoffs to, is it eight teams in each league? Am I getting that mm -hmm. right? Um, yeah. Yep. So there will be the top two teams in each division get automatic playoff spots, and then the next two teams in each league with the best record. And the first round will be a uh, all teams, no more buys, all teams will play in the first round, and it's a best two out of three uh, all, to be played all at the at one location. Uh, so the team with the best record will host all three games in that first round. So this ultimate home team yes, advantage, absolutely, and also cuts down travel. Um, and then from there, they'll go into the the regular format as as you had before after the playing game, where all four teams play um, a five game series, and then it goes to the league championship seven game series. And then on to the World Series. So this opens up the possibility for four more teams to potentially make the playoffs in each league. And that gives you eight out of uh, 15 in each league. So more than half of the league will make the playoffs. So in a shortened season, you know, anything can happen. You could get a team get off to a hot spot, get off to a really slow start. Uh, last year, if the Nationals, after 60 games, they wouldn't have qualified for the playoffs under the old format. And they ended up coming back and winning the World Series. So this is definitely going to give some teams a chance to maybe recover from a bad start. Boston Red Sox, I'm looking at you. What do you guys think of it? Do you, do you like this new expanded format? Does that give us some hope this summer? I like it. Um, I, I like it. I think it's, it, you know, it's going to have a little more intrigue, a little more excitement to this season. Um, you know, I, I don't want to see it you know, stay forever. You know, I, I think it's something you experiment with you have, and you see what you might have with the 18 format and then maybe see, you know, what you, what it would look like if you maybe expanded it someday down the line. But what, what, at least what it does is it keeps baseball, it keeps teams in it up until the very, very end where you're going to be playing meaningful baseball all season, unless you're a team that falls out of it, like the pirates or the Orioles are expected to do. Um, 
I don't want to say the Red Sox will. Um, but they're not. Yeah, they're not. No. So it, it gives you know it, it gives some you know hope in regards to to that you know in that in that respect. So um, I like it. I, I don't see a downfall to it. It's going to add millions of dollars in revenue, you know, to to ownership. I think it's like what three hundred and fifty million dollars or three thirty um, from TV revenue. And again, it gives it gives more teams an opportunity to be in it. And, you know, and if I'm a fan of a team that's on the fringe, I'm excited by that, you know, a team like the, the, well, maybe up until Kluber getting hurt, but like the Rangers, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you, you have an you know, opportunity to get in, you know, I think the twins were kind of a lock, but maybe Chicago who's an up and coming team, you know, the angels who have no pitching, you know, they could be a team that's on the outskirts. So I don't know. I, I like it. I don't see a downfall. So, I get why they're doing it. It makes sense. You want to, like you said, Chris, you want to give every team the sense that they can win the World Series so that they, you know, they give forth a good effort and they try to win. And you want to get as many teams into the playoffs for TV money and so on and so forth. Like, I get it. Like, even in my home fantasy baseball league, we're going to play this year, but every team is going to make the playoffs because we wanted to give everyone a chance to win, considering it's so condensed and, you know, you don't want people to pay money to basically only play for a handful of weeks. So, you know, it's not apples, apples, but it's the same concept for the MLB. But personally, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Why? I hate it. I, uh, what I what I love so much about the MLB and their current playoffs, and I understand it's it's a completely crazy season. So, you know, like I said, I, I understand why they did it, and I think it makes sense. But – what I love so much about the baseball playoffs was that one play in game and how few teams made the playoffs. I think it leads to, you know, a cool dynamic of trading for prospects or trading for win. Now I think, you know, so much of baseball is, you know, the front office getting involved just as much as the people on the field and adding more teams is going to basically kill all trades because everyone's going to feel like they're involved. They have a chance to win. Uh, it's going to just kind of slug the season along because a lot of teams are just by virtue of, you know, averages and playing every day, they're going to teeter on the fence, whether they're in or whether they're out. So they're going to be in no man's land and whether they want to go for it or not. So I just feel like all of this stuff is just, it's not going to lead to a, a, a very exciteful, uh, exciting or meaningful regular season. It's just more teams going to make it. And so, oh, okay. So let's, we're all going to celebrate because the Marlins make the playoffs or the Angels make the playoffs. One of these teams that, you know, could make it because it's expanded by three teams. And, you know, three teams is a big difference in comparison to what they normally have. I mean, so I, I'm not a big fan of it. I understand why they're doing it. But, and, and you know, obviously as a Red Sox fan, this only helped their chances of making it. So if they do make it, I will be singing a different tune. I'm not above that. But right now, I don't like it. You know, the reason you said you don't like it is one of the reasons I do like it, is getting rid of that play-in play game. I've never been a fan of the play-in game. Yeah, it's it's drama really? to watch those games, but the Red Sox have never been in one with the chance of, of losing it. And having your whole season come down to one game, to me, that's not baseball. Baseball is about series, because, you know, any any on any given day, any team can win any game. The worst team can beat the best game. Fluky things happen in baseball. We see it all the time. 
and I don't think one game is a is a measure of how good a team is. So I've never been a big I've never no, been a, but it leads to excitement. There is excitement as as a, and I like that. You know, me personally, I think like that's something that baseball needs in a sport that you know is dying in terms of popularity and the excitement. Something like this, this anything goes, this free for all, this absolute dogfight to get into the real playoffs. I love it, and I understand what you're saying, Bill, because I, you know, I am a baseball purist, and I've you know been a, a baseball fan my whole life. And you're 100 percent right. The grind of 162 is what matters, and the grind of every series series is what matters. But you know, we're in a different era, and I just love that, you know, that that dogfight, that anything can happen mentality. And when you add teams. I think it's going to dilute the playoffs. It's not going to. I still think the best teams will rise to the top. So I think at the end of it, it'll be almost unnecessary because the same teams will probably still make the final four. But yet, throughout the regular season, it's just going to lead to just teams feeling like they're in it, so they don't trade their player or teams like I don't know. I just I love the exclusivity of the MLB playoffs. Yeah, but you got to think though, and I and I get what you're saying. But you have to I, – I think from baseball standpoint, I don't think they really care about whether guys are going to get traded. They need more people to watch this fall. You know, we're only getting 60 games of, of their season. So, you know, you're already losing 102 games as it is. They need people to tune in the fall and watch the, you know, watch the playoffs, watch the fall classic, you know, and, and get as many eyeballs as they can on the TV. And, and maybe by adding a few extra teams for this year, you know, and maybe a market or two who hasn't been in it in a while or hasn't made the playoffs, you know, consistently, they, they catch, you know, a fan base for three games and it gets some people excited for next year and you build on that momentum. I, I think all baseball, all they care about right now is whether or not we're going to watch in the fall and if, you know, or, what fan base is going to watch in the fall that they they can try to recapture and, and get more people to, you know, to be on the, and their eyes loose to the to the TV. That's yeah, all I care about. No, that makes sense. No, that makes sense. But like, is the Royals going to New York to play the Yankees three games really going to drive that? Is the Seattle Mariners squeaking into the playoffs and playing the Yankees in New York going to really drive that? It's not. Like, it's not going to. Everyone who's a baseball fan knows that those teams. St- only got in because of the current state of the league and casual fans aren't going to flock to their TVs to watch a crappy team play against maybe, a, a powerhouse. Maybe not in in their market. They will though. You know, if, if Seattle makes the playoffs this year, you know full well that that the market in Seattle is going to, whether they're playing in New York or whatever team they're going to play, they're going to be in tune to that. They're going to watch their I team. Don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if I completely agree with that because real Seattle fans know that their team isn't ready to win a World Series. So if they get into the playoffs, yeah, maybe like, oh, I guess I'll turn on TBS. But it's not going to lead to, you know, Seattle being absolute passionate about the, the Mariners. It's not going to lead to anything major, I don't think, knowing that they're probably just going to go to New York and get spanked two games and be out yeah, of but it. But you'll still have the excitement ramping up to it when they're trying to clinch that playoff spot. And generating interest that way. And you're right. I don't think it'll be anything think- major. But remember, you, baseball this year is also not only going to be competing against the NFL for attention in September. They're also going to be competing against the NBA and the NHL in the midst of their playoffs. So, so this. Oh, for this sure. Still but I don't, gen- I don't think squeaking into the play. 
I don't think squeaking into the playoffs creates that fanfare. Like if the Mariners were playing to win the AL West, yes, Seattle would get involved. But if Seattle is scraping by because they're the third place team in the AL West, but they're better than the the Red Sox, who was the fourth place team in the East, isn't going to create fanfare. You know what I'm saying? I, I like, disagree with you, Matt. I think it will to a certain extent. Yeah, I mean, I, you get yeah. especially if a team hasn't been in the playoffs for a while. I mean, look what happened with the Tennessee Titans last year. How excited everybody got about their run. They came out of nowhere. They knocked off the Patriots. They no, went all the no, way to the AFC a, title game. So it can happen. That's a fair point. But football, football in Tennessee is certainly different than baseball in these smaller markets. No, it is, but it and, still generates some and, additional fan interest than if the, you know if you're playing for nothing. But it's also it's a one game anything can happen in football. Whereas, like, I mean. Uh, if like like we keep saying the Mariners, so I'll just stick to them. But if they're gonna venture over to New York to play three games in New York, if you're a real baseball fan, you're watching no matter what. So you would have watched the Yankees play anyone if you're a real baseball fan. And if you're a casual Mariners fan, you're not excited to see your mediocre team that I'm sure their their radio hosts are telling them they're mediocre. Uh, their 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 writers are telling them their beat writers are telling them they're mediocre. Going up to New York to get slapped. I just don't think that. It's really going to conjure up much excitement. I get, you know, the thought of it because, like me personally, if I lived in Seattle and I was a Mariners fan, I'd be excited. But I just don't think the casual fans are going to care to be in what is going to feel like a ceremonial, meaningless series. Now, if they beat the Yankees and move on, then you got something. So I guess in that sense, I agree with you guys that eventually that spark can lead into a, a fan fire. But I think initially it's it's not going to change it. And you're also going to have the wild card of the coronavirus this year. You know, maybe you are going to New York, and all of a sudden they get hit with it, and now you don't have Stanton, you don't have Judge, you don't have Cole. Now you do have a chance. So this year out of any year, there's going to be a huge asterisk on it anyway, no matter how you slice it. So, right. yeah, why not? Why not do it this year? Hey, more baseball than Mary. I'm a baseball guy, so, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not, you know – I'm not mad about it. I just, I just, I love the transaction of baseball. I love the the contenders buying and the and the pretenders selling, and and I just think that is going to be lost on the regular season. And the Yankees and Red Sox matchups are going to be a little less intense because three or four teams from the division can make the playoffs. So I just think like those types of you know matchups are as they're not going to have as much fury and as much uh, uh, fanfare as they typically would. You know, and that goes for all the not just the Red Sox, Yankees, but Cubs and Cardinals, or or A's and Angels, or all those teams. It's just if they all can kind of make the playoffs at the end of it, there's little less bite in the regular season. So yeah. you know, after talking about this with you guys, I agree that the playoffs, I guess, maybe are going to be better than what I was picturing. So I, I am conceding in that fact, but I think the regular season will suffer. So it's going to be kind of like know. the NBA and the NHL where so many teams make the playoffs that you're just playing for seeding during the regular season more than anything else. Right, but they're only playing like eight games, or in the NHL they're not playing any regular season games. They're playing like a round-robin. No, no, I'm talking about four, the regular season. Baseball the regular, playing. under normal circumstances. So many teams make the playoffs that, you know, there are very few teams that don't make the playoffs. So basically during the regular the regular oh, right, season right, means right. less. Hey. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, but maybe that's just my base, uh, yeah, my baseball kind of homerism. I love that the way that it, you know they go about it, but I don't know. 
Also, maybe I'm just bitter because even if there's, I don't know, every team other than two making playoffs, the Red Sox not might may not make it. So maybe I'm just a little bitter on a couple ends here. This this is the season where in extra innings we're starting with a runner on second base. So why not? All bets are off. I mean, if you're gonna experiment, this is the year to do it. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna try out some different things. The other thing too that I look at it is we've killed baseball for being stuck in their in their ways and and not trying to be different and think outside the box and and they they're trying something different. They're adding in more teams. We're doing uh, the dude on second base, which all right, whatever. I I'm not a huge fan, but whatever. Um, you know, at least they're trying some newer things. You know, so I don't mind the expanded playoffs. If anything, right now, it gives us some sort of hope that this Red Sox team can sneak in in, like, the eighth seed. Whether, you know, they get throttled in the first round or not, it would still be nice to see October baseball. And who knows? Maybe maybe Erod can get healthy enough and come back and and bring them on a postseason run. Yeah, they just can't get down 7-1. I don't know. I I feel like the baseball – I mean, I I don't know. I don't think that Major League Baseball are adding teams to experiment – to see if it's a good idea. I think they're just doing it to get more money. So I don't think that they're, they're doing anything to really better the baseball, you know, landscape. They're not trying to grow popularity. They're just trying to recoup as much dollars as they can, because I think one thing that they do great, you know, what is great about baseball that is exclusive to them to, you know, when you talk about other sports is how small their playoff field is. We, you know, Hockey is one thing because it's it's a dog it's just a different sport. We can't talk hockey because that's like as close as to like an old school mentality, caring about your sport as as you're gonna get. So the eight seed does care, but basketball. I mean, has there there's only been one eight seed to beat a one uh, eight seed to beat a one seed. That was the Warriors of like 2015 or whatever it was. Uh, so oh, or 2012, whatever it was. So it's like most teams when you're a nothing seed. You you just get trounced and you're out. And I don't think baseball is going to be any different. So I just I, I I get what you like what you're saying that it's good that baseball is trying different things, but I just think it's a hollow attempt. I think it's not going to create any extra excitement, especially because if you're like a Royals fan, let's say the Royals sneak into the playoffs, are people going to tune to the Royals over the Chiefs? No. And if, no. and if baseball is smart, I mean, they may if they're in that game against the Chiefs. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You you can't do that. But like, I don't know. You know, it. I guess as a a bit a real. You know, we're all real baseball fans here. So I guess it is good that they're trying anything. I just feel like out of all the things to try, this will uh, you know, produce the least out of all the things they could have done. I wish they would have tried more this season. I really do. I agree. I agree. I mean, the Universal DH will be huge if they can. If this, if this is the, if if 2019 was the last year of the no Universal DH, that could be, you know, the one thing that shines on. But I, I, I agree with you, Bill. There were so many things they could have tried. A pitch clock, they could have tried all these different things, and they went into it. And the only things they're really trying is the runner on second base and extra innings, expanded playoffs, and um, the three. Pit, the three better. Well, that was coming That's in it. anyway. That was coming right. in anyway uh, this season. That had been negotiated in last year. Yeah, so even if it, there was no COVID, right, they still right. had it, right? Another issue I wanted to talk about, 
Mookie Betts signs a contract extension with the Dodgers. What happened to wanting to test free agency? Was that COVID-related, or did he actually like it once he got to Los Angeles? And do you see this as a slap in the face to Red Sox fans or to Boston in general? I don't think it's a slap in the face. I think what it is is that a lot of people were buying into the, I guess call it what it is, the Jared Carabas hype of Mookie Betts was going to come back to Boston. And I think that if any of us, and I would even probably venture to say Carabas himself, if he actually really thought that Mookie Betts would come back to Boston for being traded was going to happen. Like, I, I don't really think he really did. I think what he was trying to do is get people to click on his blogs and interact and engage with his Twitter and do what his job is to do for Barstool. And that's get people engaged with what he's saying. Now, Mookie Betts would have been an absolute moron had he not signed for the money that the Dodgers threw out there. I, I, like, I'm actually floored that the Dodgers ownership would give Mookie Betts that kind of that kind of cash right now after you as an ownership group for Major League Baseball said we cannot play payers play players sorry their full salary for this year and I get why but yet you're still going to pay Mookie Betts 365 to 380 million dollars like it's kind of like I, I don't think we can have it both ways from that standpoint I'm just surprised that they did that so early on with this pandemic and kind of where the sport is kind of going, because there are still so many unknowns and we're even seeing it with this whole Marlins piece. Um, but I don't, I don't look at it as a slap in the face. I think Mookie did what he needed to do. And all along, you know, there has never been one report that ever came out that Mookie Betts said that he never wanted to be in Boston. All Mookie Betts ever wanted was fair value for what he thought that he was. And the Dodgers gave it to him. The Red Sox didn't. The only people to be frustrated with is not Mookie Betts, but it's the Boston Red Sox. That's the team, the ownership group. If you want to be frustrated with somebody, be frustrated with them. But let's look down in, you know, 10 years from now when Mookie's 37 and, you know, he's hitting 240 and he's hitting, you know, 10 home runs if he's lucky and playing a subpar outfield. You know, who's going to be which which team is going to be on the better end of that deal? It's going to be the Boston Red Sox. It's going to be the Boston Red Sox because these long-term mega massive contracts don't work out. They, they just they don't work out. No, I think you're right. And I think the Red Sox did offer him comparable value, just not the length of the contract. Because when you look at his AAV, it's only $30 million a year, which is just a little bit only $30 million a year, which is just a, yeah, yeah, we'll say which only, is but... just a little bit higher than what he's making right now anyway. Of course, he's getting like $65 million up front um, as a signing bonus. Which is which is mm-hmm. insane, but but it's the 13 years. You know, the Red Sox were not going to go 13 years on with him, and and I don't think that would have been a good move for them to do. So I really, no, I don't think so either. I think you're you're 100 percent right. Like you know, we just they just traded away a guy that shouldn't have gotten the length of the contract that he got in David Price. You know what I mean? Like the you know, at some point, teams need to start being smart and responsible with the, with their money and these contracts. Like, you know, as much as Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player that's on the planet right now, you know, where is he going to be at, at the end of that deal? I, I don't know why teams don't, don't front load these contracts. So they're paying more now. And then these players are making 
eight, ten million dollars a year in the in the end of the contract. So that way they can actually do something for their roster and their team. Or you can have a deal like Bobby Bonilla, who's still getting paid by the Mets. Like what is it, a million dollars a year? That's how God long his him. contract was strung out. He's that he's still getting it and will until like twenty forty or some insane number like that. Yeah, it's I think it's twenty thirty five. Matt, what are your thoughts on the Mookie so, extension? So obviously, I I respect his decision, and I can't imagine the thrill and the excitement of signing a piece of paper that guarantees my family gen, basically generational wealth forever. So Crazy. I cannot ever, you know, say someone's not right for signing that piece of paper. And I think his team, you know, they were probably spooked by a potential dip in free agent money, given the current situation of the league. So I think they were more act, you know, more proactive in getting a deal. But having said those two things, I think it's 100% a slap in the face to Boston because they offered him a 10 year, $287 million deal. They offered him similar AAV to become generationally wealthy, to become a hundred millionaire, to be the face of a franchise. They offered all these things to him. He said no, and then only accepted a similar deal. Yeah, it's longer by three years, but I mean, was was, was that really what he was fighting for, was three years? And not to mention that, when the Sox extended the, I think the rumor at the time was 10 years, 300 million, it ended up coming out that it was 10 years, 287. His counter was... 10 at 387 or 10 at 385. So he wasn't even willing to play ball with the Red Sox. Then he goes to then he goes to LA and you know within a half a season he signs this mega contract that it, it, it yes it's a mega contract and yes it was more it was longer than what the Red Sox offered but it wasn't that much more money than what the Red Sox offered. And another thing that you know again I guess if that's what he wants to do it it makes sense. He's already been on more commercials nationally on the Dodgers than he ever was in the Red Sox. So I guess going to L.A. does, you know, catapult your stardom. So if that's what he wanted, you know, he's got it, and I get that. So, like, I, I'm not mad at him for making the decision. I don't blame him for making the decision. I think it was a right decision. I thought he was crazy for turning down that much money from the Red Sox, considering what how much money he could have signed for. But when you're talking about was it a slap in the face of the Boston franchise, it absolutely was. He wasn't willing to play ball, and he 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 scoffed at a at a deal that was very comparable to what he signed for. So if it wasn't Boston, then what was it? Was it COVID? Maybe. Like I said, I'm gonna leave the door open for that. But in terms of him signing that piece of paper, if Red Sox think it's a slap in the face, I completely agree. I think it's a slap in the face to to Boston and the fans. Yeah. I, I just don't think that that money's there this fall. I, I just I don't think there's a team that's gonna drop and give him that kind of money. I the other piece. So too, then you, you think know, that the Dodgers are stupid that they just outbid themselves? Like they're they're run by one of the best baseball minds in all of the league. So you think that they just they they thought they weren't gonna compete against anyone, so they decided to hand out the second most lucrative contract in 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 baseball? Like look, I I'm, think that they. I think that they did think that they were going to – I do believe that they were worried that they'd lose him, that maybe even the Red Sox themselves could jump back in having to know something because you don't well, offer someone that many years and that much money if you don't think there's going to be a market. I mean, I think the Dodgers were a little – I think the, the Dodgers, yeah, they might have been a little foolish to sign this deal, 
because you're going to have you got you got Bellinger in 2023 who's up you're going to have to pay him you're going to have to pay Walker Bueller and at some point when Gavin Lux starts to play and he turns into what people expect him to be you're going to have to pay him too you know these are three players that can be faces and in, in key pieces to your organization you know it's going to be hard to pay all of those guys and Mookie so and this I don't is know the they can they can. They, I think they could figure out. Right now, they're paying Kershaw. They're paying Kenley Jansen. They're paying Turner. They're paying Seager. They're paying Betts. They're paying Muncie. They're paying a lot of. They're paying Price. Half of it. So they they have a. They're yeah, paying, so they're paying. They're paying big right? money, so they can just change those names in the future to the Luxes and the Buellers. So I'm not. I don't think that they're worried about. You know, I don't think it's a big deal that they're gonna have to reallocate their funds in the future. I just, you know, well, I think so that thinking that the reason, they, they, they outbid them, they just offered him that much money, thinking there was no market is kind of crazy. But we've talked about this in the past, the that reason, with the economic climate that we're in right now and the uncertainty of revenue, even next year we don't know if they can start with fans in the stands. The way the way this thing is looking like it's going is there may not even be a vaccine until this time next year, if at all. So they could they could be right in the same boat next year and not have that revenue coming in. So we had talked about this, that Mookie may not get offered that big contract this offseason and that he may have to settle for a lesser deal for, for a year or two. So yeah, i got to agree with Chris. I'm surprised that they offered him that length of a deal at that much money. Who else was out there that was going to offer him something competitive to that? There must have been somebody, though. I mean, you just have... Uh, uh, what was it? Steve Cohen's buying the Mets. He's got more money than 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 any. You know, he's got as much money as any owner. I just can't think that the Dodgers would offer him all that money just to offer him all that money. They, they must have thought that there is going to be a market in the off season. I just, as a team that has been so good over the past five years since Andrew Friedman joined that organization, I cannot fathom that they just threw all that money to a player. To outbid themselves. That's stuff that like the Chicago Bears do. That's t- that's things that teams that never win do. That's not what what, what Freeman and so the Dodgers do. So that's the case. If there is the ch- you know if that market is there, why doesn't Mookie go to free agency? That's what he said when he was in Boston. I just want to go to free agency to see what's out there and see what I can get. Now he goes to L.A. They offer him this big contract and suddenly he's happy in L.A., a place that he really hasn't played in yet. How long has he actually been in L.A.? And he says, I'm happy here. So to me, that's, I'm happy yeah. here. I wasn't happy in Boston. I wasn't happy enough to take that money. That's what Exactly. That's me. why I think it's a slap in the face. That's why I think it's a slap in the face to Boston. Because he's but, shown that. Like, he, he had a chance. The, 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 the reports that were circulating the Internet three weeks ago, was is Mookie Betts foolish or should he regret not signing that humongous contract with the Red Sox? Only to then sign a similar, a bit longer, three years longer with the Dodgers. I think that that's because he wanted to be in LA over the Red Sox, which means he would, you know, that's a slap in the face to the team he was on. I just think had he gone free agent well, and, then, and then re-signed with the Dodgers, fine. You had played there for a few months, you liked it there, you got a good offer, you re-signed. But to say while you're in Boston, I want to become a free agent to see what's out there, and then not go there—that speaks volumes to me. 
I, I completely he, agree with you. I agree that, and and that's why I think it was a slap in the face. That I completely agree with you. He signs because Andrew Friedman. First off, so while Friedman has been the general manager of that team, they have not given any player a contract over a hundred million dollars. Biggest contract that he has given out was Clayton Kershaw, and that was three years at ninety-three million with an AVV of thirty-one each. He hasn't given out any more than a hundred million. So yeah, right now he can have the Turners and the Jansons and, you know, all of these players filling out the roster. You're, you, you, and again, this is not the same Dodgers ownership that it was a few years back. And they were just spending money. They were printing money over there. They're not doing that anymore. You know, you got three more years where you're going to have Bellinger at, at smaller money. But to me, like that's a dude that you drafted, you developed within your, within your program. If I'm Bellinger and I, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying to my agent, I, I, I'm getting more money than, than Mookie Betts. He's, a, he's already an MVP. He's got one of the prettiest swings in, in the game. And th- that the dude is just going to continue to get better and continue to rake. If I'm Bellinger, I'm like, okay, all right, so you, you gave Mookie that much. When I'm a free agent, I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm getting 400. No, you're completely right. And he, if he continues to, to, to succeed and, 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 you know, produce like he has he has every right to demand that type of contract but that doesn't change you know the, the question we're asking here was that was was him signing with the dodgers a slap in the face of the red sox and i think that all of these things are kind of just more evidence that he did slap boston in, in the face when but he, i, when I he don't signed. think i don't think that, he, that it's a slap in the face because the red sox did this to themselves they had but they offered him they offered him a 10-year let's say let's go with the lower one a $28.7 million a year contract. And he, he counter offered with an outlandish $38 million a year contract only to sign a similar contract that the Red Sox offered him. I mean, let's be honest. If you make $287 million of your career, or you make potentially $320 million a year, you're just generation wealthy. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I I just feel like he's, he, but he's been pretty public in saying that, his next his contract was not only for him but it was for players after him he's he's made that statement to that right but signing the contract that he signed does not do that for future players it only falls in line with the contracts that Manny Machado signed and Bryce Harper signed and it it falls short of what Mike Trout signed so he didn't set he didn't he's not blazing any trails for future players he just took a comparable slightly longer offer for a team that I believe he preferred to play for more than he did the Red Sox. And, and again, I, I just think, you know, Red Sox did this to themselves, I, you know, there, well, how did they more... do this themselves? They offered him 10 years, $287 million. He countered with a 10 year, $387 million. Like they didn't do, they tried. This isn't John Lester. What they did to John Lester was should have been punishable by banishment. Or something Shame. Game of Thronesy. Shame. Shame. It, great call, Bill. Hell yeah, great call. That's th- that is way more egregious than what they did to Betts. They offered him a very comparable contract. If his team came back to the Red Sox and was like, "We love the AAV. Can you extend the years?" They may have had a they may have had a better dialogue. That wasn't what he did. He he wanted a hundred more million over the same span. That's ten more million a year. I feel like. He was not playing ball with the Sox, and he clearly was playing ball with the Dodgers. And he will continue to play ball with the Dodgers, pun intended. But 
for the next thirty, whatever. You know, at this point, you know, at this point, you know, he's gone. Stocks traded him. They got what they got for him. Um, does it suck to lose a player that you develop that's one of the top players in the game? It does. It shouldn't happen to the Boston Red Sox. But if I'm the Red Sox, I, like for me, I, I just I don't think locking in a player at 10 plus years is a smart move for your franchise, especially when this money is guaranteed. I, you know, so at the end of the day, you know, you, I guess I, I can't have my cake either too. You know what I mean? Like I can't have Mookie Betts and not pay him. So I get that. But Red Sox, you know what I mean? Like. We don't. I guess what I'm saying too is like we don't know fully what the dialogue was when Dombrowski was here. We don't know the terms of what those contracts were. We're only getting really secondhand information from like Lou Merloni. Granted, Merloni broke the fact he was going to sign, but you know, did did the Red Sox and Heim Bloom make an offer that was legitimate? You know what I mean? Like, so who knows? But at the end of the day, you know, good for good for LA. They're going to have a monster of a team. You know, that's going to make the playoffs and probably bounce in the world series yet again and you know we continue that that trend hopefully whoever they're playing has uh no trash cans handy hey bregman hit his his hundredth home run this week so well there's nobody in the stands so you don't have to bang the trash can as loud no you can hear this thing you can bang the cardboard cutouts <laughs> one final mood uh, before we get into the cardboard cutouts. One final word on Mookie is I, I agree. Thirteen years is too long for a player of his stature, and by stature I mean his body type. I don't, I can't see him producing at this level even ten years from now. Never mind thirteen years from now. So you're right about that, Chris. I think you know at that point it's definitely going to be the Red Sox are uh, going to be seen as winning in that deal and not signing him to that length of a contract. I think even 10 years would have been too long. And the comp I always use for him is Andrew McCutcheon. Similar body type, similar production mm. earlier in his career, but he couldn't he couldn't hold MVP up physically. type player. Right. All right, let's like... Well, let's say even like a guy like Ellsbury. Who? You know, the guy got Who? his big deal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. The artist, for, the player formerly known as Jacoby Ellsbury. I, I think I saw his picture on a milk carton the other day. <laughs> All right, let's 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 lighten things yeah. up a little bit. So now that baseball is back and there are no fans in the stands, they've taken some measures to try to make the game look a, a little bit more normal and sound a little bit more normal. Um, and I wanted to get your guys' take on this because I've heard differing opinions. So I want to get it from uh, from the two experts here. On, this, on the Red Sox podcast to be named later. So uh, I believe all of the teams are pumping in crowd noise, and it's from the video game MLB The Show. Do you guys like the crowd noise? I, I personally kind of like it. It's just like white noise in the background, and I think if there were no noise at all, it would be just really too weird. Uh, I think it's just enough for that background noise, just so you're really not focusing on the fact that the stadium is empty. What do you guys think about that? I like it. I think uh, it's a cool idea. Like, you know, I've brought the KBO up once or twice while I've done these. They don't do the crowd noise. And you get that feeling of exhibition game every game. It's silent. You hear the crack of the bat. It doesn't have that murmur of the stadium. And, and, and you know, MLB went ahead and 
took care of that. And I like it. I think it, it, like you said, Bill, watching the game, it feels normal. Sometimes when you're not watching the screen, you're doing something else. You kind of forget that there's no fans in the stands uh, because you're hearing that kind of rustle and tussle. And then you look up and you're like, oh, wait, oh, yeah, that's right. No one's there. Or like I even had this feeling. This is how I'm not going to use the dumb word, but it's how dumb I am. On Friday night, I'm listening to the game or uh, I'm watching the game, but I'm looking down. And then I think to myself, oh, I got to get Red Sox tickets. And then two seconds later, I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not getting Red Sox tickets. There are I give you a real good deal on some tickets, Matt. Yeah. So, you know, I think they're doing a good job. And, you know, I've watched some, I've watched a couple different teams uh, early on when they were doing the scrimmages. I guess the technician was not necessarily aware of when to pump in the crowd noise at the right time. So they would wait until the hit happened to have the, the the crowd cheer, which is weird because, you know, if you're at a game and you see a ball that's going to go off the wall, you start mm. cheering immediately. So there was this like weird, like delay, but the Red Sox, I don't know whoever they got to, 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 to fill in this crowd noise has done a phenomenal job. Like I said, there have been times where I forgot that there's no crowd. That's how good they've yeah, been. Yeah, it doesn't always quite match the situation and the moment. You know, like they had one in the uh, in the game against the Orioles where I forget who was pitching. I didn't know the guy before he pitched, and he's probably not even on the team anymore. But he got a strikeout. Like you know, they're they're ahead 13 to two, and he gets a strikeout to end the eighth inning. And it was like somebody had a walk off home run with the sound noise that they were pumping in. So, right. yeah, I think they need to make some tweaks on that, and I'm sure they'll refine that as the season goes on. But overall, yeah, I I kind of like it. I don't have a problem with it. How about you, Chris? Any thoughts? Uh, no, I like it. I, I mean, I play a lot of MLB The Show anyway, so I'm conditioned to hear that, that crowd noise because, you know, I play the game a lot. So, you know, just even, like, you know, the other night watching the exhibition game and I just, just hearing it, it was, you know, I don't even sometimes lose the, the sight of the fact there aren't any fans there. And to me, it's just, again, because I'm used to that noise, it was almost like comforting. So um, I, I like it. You know, I, to me, having to listen to, to no no crowd noise and just hearing these, these guys talk and, um, you know, you know, potentially say, you know, a handful of things on the on the diamond would have just been weird. So I, I think I think baseball, they got it right with pumping in the, the, the crowd the the, the crowd noises and the whoever again whoever's doing it for the Sox, like Matt said, uh, it's been it, it's been it's been good to hear. You know, some of the teams seeing on Twitter, there's there's uh, red uh, not Red Sox, but major league teams that are giving like other teams a hard time for like how they're pumping in the, the crowd noise and like Matt was saying, you know, putting it either too late or too soon or whatever it is. So, um, but no, I, I think this is a, this is the right call. And again, if you're an MLB the Show player and, and you play the game and, and you know, you also in turn watch a lot of whether it's Red Sox baseball, whatever team baseball. I just think that it's the comfort of hearing that when you're playing in the game. It, it you know, it, it takes you from the game to the to the diamond, and you kind of you kind of lose focus and just really just focus on the game like you would when you're playing. It just gives you that familiarity. I would have liked to have heard more of the players chirping back and forth at each other, but I know we're not going to get that. No, you're not going to get a lot of that. Yeah, they can't risk yeah. it. Very little. They can't risk some certain words flying through their airways. So how about the cardboard cutouts? The Red Sox have uh, done it up on the uh, on the left field wall in the monster seats. They've got some cutouts out there. Some teams have gone a little more hog wild with that. The Dodgers have them all behind home plate, and I think there were people that actually purchased them because uh, I did see that they had one of Mary Hart back there. 
She's a season ticket holder, and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Larry King has one there too. Um, so it's you know it's a way for the team to make a little bit extra revenue. You can't really blame it from that. There's new signage that's popping up in the seats that was never there before. Um, you know, behind home plate now that you don't have fans there, they have an you know opportunity to put another ad back there. So you know, the cutboard the cutouts I think are a little creepy looking sometimes, but for the most part. You know, I don't. I don't think it's a really big deal. Like I said before, this this season has such a huge asterisk on it. Why not? I like yeah, the cutouts. I, I agree I like with you. I like them too. I think it's a good idea. You know, five. I mean, I'm not going to spend five hundred bucks, but you know, five hundred bucks, then you can be on top of the monster. The money goes to a good cause. It's going to be there for about a month or so, and then they're going to switch it out, and they're going to put another, you know, crop of uh, uh, people on top of there. Um, so I, I like it. I, it's creative. You know what I mean? It, um, you know, if people want to be super creative in what they do, you can, you know, I don't know if there's certain rules of what you can and can't have for an avatar or whatever it's going to be in the crowd. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox, you start seeing it pop up behind home plate and other parts of the ballpark, you know, if, you know, they get a pretty good, you know, a showing for this, for the monster piece. And if the ball hits the cutout, you get to keep the ball. You get you get a signed ball from that player. Uh, there's tickets for next year. I don't know where the tickets are going to be though, but I know there's tickets for next year. So it's a pretty cool little prize pack, you know what I mean? So it's kind of you know like a lottery little you know you're basically spending 500 bucks for an opportunity to get two tickets and, and a signed baseball. So I know it's kind of cool, you know. And you were actually you were just mentioning about you know MLB and they're throwing up you know different uh, ad markers and stuff in the seats. When I was listening to Felger and Maz on Thursday before I went golfing, um, they were talking about how or Fox had sold like 80%, almost 90% of all of their their ad slots for the season. It was like practically already sold out because of the fact that people have had nothing to watch. And now baseball is that first sport that finally got back and – all these eyes are going to be on there, and they're just going to make a boatload of money. Just think, if this sport would have came back on the Fourth of July, you know what what these what these owners could have made for some extra cash, you know, having that Fourth of July weekend, really celebrating and doing something really cool around that, you know, I just I think they missed the boat there. But oh, absolutely, they absolutely did. And I and I also heard that Fox was going to digitize in fans. Um, I think was, they were taking that from MLB the Show too to have like. Con- computer-generated fans in the stands. And I checked out the game that, that was on Fox on Saturday night. I didn't see it, so I don't know if maybe they weren't ready yet or they decided not to do it, but... They've had it. Done They've it. done it. Uh, I was actually just going to ask you guys about that because I was the the Cubs the Cubs game over the weekend, uh, Kyle Schwarber hits a home run, and I there was fans moving in the stands. So I thought it was a, a a replay of a home run from last year, and then I would look, and then I went back and like, no, this is from this weekend. They did. They must. They put a bunch of green tarps in the outfield, and then they digitized the fans from MLB the Show. Very weird. It was very trippy. <laughs> I like the cardboard cutouts more. I think that other stuff it blurs. Maybe I'm getting too old for this whole technology wave. But seeing people move in 2020 in the stands was like, oh, it was a little. It, it kind of short circuited my. Uh, my my little computer in my head. <laughs> well, if you're if you're getting too old for it, then forget it. I'm going I'm going back to the days when you're like 
you know, the, the black and white uh, footage that they used to show, you know, like Babe Ruth hopping around the bases. That's where I, that's where I should Everyone be. Everyone wearing suits. Yeah, suits and hats and, yeah. All suits yeah. and hats in the game. We could like anyone could be Al Capone. <laughs> uh, guys, any other uh, thoughts on the first week of baseball, aside from the Red Sox uh, lackluster play so far? It's just been great to have baseball, you know, the MLB back. Uh, obviously, if you listen to this podcast, you know that we're three guys who are very passionate about baseball. So to see it come back this summer uh, is great. And it's kind of crazy that they were still first to come back, considering all the turmoil that we've spoke about on this very podcast between players and owners and stuff. So, uh, you know, it's kind of crazy that they were still first to be back, but I'm happy that they're first, and I'm happy that they're back, and I hope that this, you know, this outbreak with the Marlins is a franchise problem and not a league problem, and we can continue this season. By the time this podcast comes out that it hasn't spread even more. Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't lose baseball. You know, I, I don't want obviously the sport to be played in spite of, you know, people's, you know, people getting sick or, you know, the future and their lives and their families and stuff like that to obviously be, you know, to be jeopardized. I wouldn't want that, nor do I want that. I do, I do feel that baseball needs to figure out how to work through this problem because, COVID isn't going away. It's part of our life and the way that we live. So we need to figure out how we can manage and cope and, and be able to run businesses and, and run major companies and things like that. So that way we can try to keep as close to the quality of life that we're used to. So hopefully we don't lose a sport. And again, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, in the last show that I was, you know, I don't want the, the sport to go away um, and they just got to kind of figure it out. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, generally don't want, wouldn't want that to happen so hopefully we get to see baseball for the full 60 games and during that time hopefully the red sox do not look like what they look like through the first four games of the season because it's going to be a long really long summer but at the end of the day i'm just happy that i'm happy that we can say right now whether this team sucks or not that we're able to watch baseball because it didn't look like this was going to be something we were going to be able to see at all yeah, you're good right. I mean, there will be stories, no matter how good or, or badly they play. There will be stories, and we're going to come back to talk about them, which is better than talking about the coronavirus and uh, contingencies and, and what their plans are going to be. So at least we're talking about real baseball again. Right, and if you're a fan of this podcast, you would much rather rather us go on for an hour and a half about baseball than an hour and a half about whatever else we could come up with if there is right, no we baseball. we don't have to talk about our favorite baseball movies anymore. We're going to come at you for an hour and a half. It's just, uh, yeah, is it going to be baseball or whatever else? That's a guarantee. All right, guys. Uh, glad we could get together for this special episode. Uh, what's up next uh, in the Syndicate rotation? Is it the uh, Above the Park A podcast? I believe I believe it I is, believe it is. Uh, which is you guys. Yeah, I think so. I think it's some Celtics basketball. And they should be just about ready to kick off. And there the is season, some basketball so. news coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're hitting it on all cylinders here at the Syndicate. All right. Oh, I forgot to mention in the last podcast. Uh, check us out. Uh, all of our articles, of which Chris writes seventy-five to ninety percent of them, uh, at uh, www.bostonsportsyndicate.com. Chris, you want to give a plug for the. Uh, Red Sox podcast Twitter account. 
Yeah, so uh, Red Sox, the Red Sox Twitter handle um, for our podcast has been very active, uh, especially even with the season now in full swing. Um, so you can uh, you can check us out over at. Oh, hang on a second, my earpod is uh, my AirPods kind of going. Sorry, you can check us out at Red Sox Pod underscore BSS. Um, a bunch of different stuff out there per day, just kind of entertain you guys you know if there's no written out content that could be had at the moment at least follow that and then also check out the the main page the main account which right now is uh uh, it's been a lot of um a lot of patriots a lot of lacrosse so a lot of different um a lot of different angles at you right now going on here in new england but you should follow red sox pod underscore bss we're looking to get to 400 by the next show 400 followers yeah, and uh, check out all our other social media accounts. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can get links to those from the main website, uh, bostonsportsyndicate.com. And also check out our merchandise page. We've got a lot of new stuff on there. Uh, we just uh, put masks up on there, which everybody should wear. Um, I wore mine to the supermarket this weekend. Um, there's also new mugs up there. There are hats. And uh, there's some new merch coming out uh, later this week, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and the merch that's coming out this week is going to be a little different from what I'm told than what you have seen so far. So it should be I cool. I have no idea what it is. Spoiler no idea alert. What it is. Neither I. I don't know what it is either. I've asked and I have not been uh, told. I was just told that um, that it's going to be it, it's going to be a popular popular seller. And we also have a new podcast coming out soon. An all new podcast to add to our lineup. So. Stay tuned for that, everyone. All right, gentlemen. Thank you once again. Matt, Chris, always a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. We will catch you later. And wear your mask. Peace. Later. Boston Sports Syndicate. Music for the Boston Sports Syndicate provided by IMCDM and Jay Kelly.